Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silver and Gold! Coming to the ring from parts unknown at a combined weight of 853 pounds, Piccolo and Dr. Zong! baby silver and gold is back after another little hiatus i am the loaf and with me dr zah hi this week we are discussing some uh this is uh, the large willies uh suggestion of a double feature strangers in a strange land uh we're doing this is a this is a theme that robert klaus apparently likes huh uh jim kata jim kata from 1985 and Walter Hill's Southern Comfort, 1981. Sam, how are you, sir? Kind of tired. Yeah, you work tonight? Yeah. <laughs> I I uh, I don't know. Watch some. I I uh, I didn't wake up to watch hockey, but I woke up and watched uh, the Flyers win today. Woo! He four two against the Rangers. And, Rangers. Um, was watching a little bit of the uh, Bruins against the Red Wings, and the Bruins won. Uh, what's the, what's, what are those series at now? Uh, one one for both, I believe. There you go. Yeah. Um, it's been a long week here. Uh, everybody's angry this week, I guess, because they're on vacation. Makes sense, right? Yeah. Uh, and they uh. So Apple is not closed for Easter, but the store or the mall is. So I get a a day off without pay. Yay! <laughs> Gotta love to, no pay. <laughs> to celebrate the birth of Christ. Wait, the resurrection of Christ or something. It's a celebration, yeah. bitches. It's when he uh, uh, got bit by a vampire and then was like three days later he rose. Uh, or was that the tomb of Dracula I've been reading? <laughs> Ooh, I've been reading some comics too. Um, what have you been watching this week? I, I I don't even have that much, which is funny because we were off for two weeks. But two weeks. There's yeah. been so much baseball and hockey and comic book reading that it. And I got to ride some motorcycles the last couple of days. So, uh, but anyway, we'll go through them. Uh, the unknown known uh, by director. Errol Morris, uh, which is a uh, documentary uh, in the vein of The Fog of War, which he did with Robert S. McNamara, uh, with Donald Rumsfeld, and it's pretty good. It's funny. Um, I I haven't watched uh, any of the any extras. I don't even know if there are any because I downloaded it from 
iTunes. But uh, I did hear an interview with uh, Errol Morris talking about making this. And, you know, here's Rumsfeld talking about torture and going to war and everything. And he goes, I just kept thinking to myself, why is this guy smiling? He said he would just, like, smile at the most inappropriate times. And it's probably because he's a psychopath. Anyway. <laughs> uh, yay. Yay. <laughs> the next thing I watched was Enron. God, my tongue isn't even working right today. I must be really tired. Uh, might be a good time to call off today. Um, Enron, <laughs> yeah. the smartest guys in the room from 2005. This is directed by Alex Gibney. Uh, it's uh, on Netflix Instant. And this is very good because um, this is kind of like The Wolf of Wall Street. Except it's – well, I know The Wolf of Wall Street was based on a real guy and a real yeah. situation. But this is a documentary and it's kind of the same thing. And they are fucking the most scummy, uh, narcissistic, uh, greedy pieces of shit you've ever seen in your life. And it's it's uh, very interesting. The, the Wolf of Wall Street is on sale on iTunes right now for $9.99. $9.99. Yeah. Next thing I watched was directed by Paul Saltzman. I must have been on documentary uh, mode, but this is also on Netflix Instant. And it's called The Last White Night. And it's a uh, documentary about De La. Wait a minute, De La, De La Beckwith, or no, Delay, De La Beckwith. <laughs> okay, um, Byron De La Beckwith, whose nickname was Delay, uh, was the guy who was arrested and put in prison for shooting Medgar Evers uh, uh-huh. in the back. Uh, which well, I can't remember what movie that was. A movie with Alec Baldwin where Alec Baldwin was the lawyer in the South that was prosecuting James Woods, who played Brian Byron Dilla Beckwith. Uh, well, this is his son, who was a piece of shit and who was in the KKK. Still is. He said he'll be in it till the day he dies. Once you know, blood in, blood out, blah, 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 blah. And um, when the Freedom Riders, um, the three Freedom Riders were murdered, um, he the the director Paul Saltzman um, went down there. He was he was actually you know protesting and everything, and he was going into the courthouse I think for the trial, and um, there were some young guys standing outside the courthouse, and they you know started calling him a Jew and a you know a scumbag and everything, and started chasing him. He took off running, and they started chasing him, and the one guy. Uh, got him and punched him a, a couple times. Well, it was this uh, Delay De La Beckwith, which is Byron De La Beckwith's son. So, you know, what is it? That was in the 60s. So this is like, you know, 40, 50 years later. Um, he finds this guy and has a sit down with him and talks to him about everything, his life growing up. And, and you know, it's it's pretty good. It's interesting. I mean, he's definitely a, an odd duck. Quack. Next thing I watched was 1957's uh, Alexander McKendrick <laughs> uh, movie, The Sweet Smell of Success, uh, starring Tony Curtis and Burt Lancaster. Martin Milner from uh, Adam 12 is also in it. Um, it's a good movie. This is a classic. Uh, 
I don't know. A lot of people probably already seen it, but uh, I have not. Lancaster and Tony Curtis are very good at it. It's based on a true person. I can't remember who the shit. The guy, uh, the real guy. Fuck it. I'm just going to give up on that, but it's very good. <laughs> I'll watch it if you get a chance. Uh, as most Burt Lancaster movies were are pretty good, which uh, brings me to the next movie. John Huston's 1960, uh, The Unforgiven, also starring Beth Lancaster, uh, Audrey <laughs> Hepburn, Eddie Murphy, um, John Saxon is in it. He's really cool. He plays a character, Johnny Portugal. You know, back in the old days when they would make westerns, they'd always have to have a cool half-breed uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Indian, and he's a cool half-breed Indian in this. He really looks cool. I wish uh, now that when I saw him at Whorehound that I would have just watched this movie so I could have told him that he was probably one of the coolest uh, people in the movie. But it's good. I like it. Uh, Got some incest themes in it, <laughs> which also which uh, Sweet Smelling Success did too. Um, so anyway, something a trend here. That's for Wendy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next thing I watched was the controversial 2013 movie directed by Carl Rinch, Forty Seven Ronin. Uh, Still haven't seen it, dude. I'm telling you, I'm, I need to watch it. I mean, everybody is entitled to their opinion, and I respect that. Uh, I liked it. I thought yeah. it was entertaining uh, for an action fantasy movie. Uh, I had no better problems. or worse than Man of Tai Chi. I will tell you that honestly, like I said in the post uh, that I posted on thing, this is just my opinion. I liked it better than Thirteen Assassins. I just I was I was I just thought the, it was more entertaining. The new one, the 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 Mike one, right? The Mike yes. third. Okay, and. When I look at this, uh, to the naysayers or whatever, number one, if you haven't watched it, I don't think you really can have an informed opinion. If you've watched 15 <laughs> minutes of it and turned it off, you, I don't think your opinion is super valid. Um, it's not a documentary. So, you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not a documentary about 47 Ronin. Uh, there are other movies about the story of the 47 Ronin. Um, you know, I think there's lots of them. Right? I'm sure there's lots of them and you know, they're probably good too. Um, also, I don't have a problem with a movie like this, uh, being in English, you know, uh, it doesn't, I mean, that doesn't bother me. Some people it bothers, yeah. but it didn't bother me one bit. Uh, the fantasy stuff in it and the CGI and stuff like that. You know, hey, Star Wars. Is it Wars, on Netflix? Uh, no, I rented it. Okay. But I mean, oh, Star cool. Wars was based on a samurai film and, you know, it was in English. Mm -hmm. You know, but I mean, I, I understand what some people are saying, but, you know, I'm just telling you, I liked it. Yeah. I thought it was entertaining. Uh, da, 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 da. Next thing I watched from 2014. This is a new one. Ooh. Directed by John Stockwell. And it stars Gina Carano and Cam Gigadet <laughs> and Danny Trejo. And it's called In the Blood. Yeah. Now, I will say this Gina Carano has very nice big boobs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, it's got some brutal kick-ass violence in it 
including her beating the fucking shit out of some guys in a disco with a red miniskirt dress and red panties on because when she's kicking their ass and this skirt comes up, it looks pretty fucking good. Um, <laughs> let's see. This was pretty good up until the probably the last, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes. Oh, wow. But so they shit the bed right there at the end. It kind of shit the bed at the end, but I I, I liked it. I, she's badass. Like fucker. Uh, she does have a nice rack on her, doesn't? Yeah, she? she's got a nice everything. She's she's got some Ooh. thickness, but she's not like you know. I'll, I'm going to put her little. Uh, uh, you've probably seen it. Her little Christmas photo on the Skype here for you, <laughs> so you can get distracted in just a second. I watched uh, 2013's <laughs> uh, Martin Scorsese movie, The The Wolf of Wall Street. Nice. Is that the one? Is that the first time you saw it? Yes. Okay. And I will say this, uh, those people, uh, it was entertaining, it was funny, but those people are pieces of human shit. <laughs> yes. They are probably, I mean, they are, and, and there's people, this this movie, um, I'm sure Scorsese did it to make a point, as Oliver Stone did with Wall Street. Yeah. But there are people that will watch this movie and take nothing away from it, but that's how I want to be. I also like Scarface. I might work with somebody who admires him. Oh, <laughs> I guarantee it. I mean, because when you I look know, at I, actually, I know I do. And you see a guy fucking all these really super hot chicks and having all the success and all these boats and cars and all this and that and everything. You know, but dude, these people are fucking vile human pieces of garbage and they deserve what they get. He should have fucking uh, n- uh, never got out of fucking prison, cocksucker. So, what do you think about what did you think about the Oscar thing? Now that you've seen it, do you think he should have won the Oscar? Uh, I don't know. I think but, that uh, McConaughey uh, in Mud was very good. Right. Well, uh, Dallas Buyers Club was what he was nominated. Yeah, for. I know. Um, I like McConaughey better in Mud, but since he wasn't nominated for right. it, I go by D- Dallas Buyers Club, and and I liked him a lot in D- Dallas Buyers Club. But I think I still think DiCaprio was. Yeah, I thought he was pretty good in this. He was. Yeah, he I liked was very him a lot. good. Uh, next thing I watched was now this one was just fantastic as far as uh, as the samurai would say um, from 2013 August uh, Osage County. Yeah. Top to fucking bottom. Fantastic fucking cast. Uh, and a, a really good story. And uh, I just was just drawn in. Yeah, I like that one a lot, too. I really liked it. Meryl Streep was fucking great. I just farted. Sorry, Meryl. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Meryl. <laughs> Boop. Uh, <laughs> uh, this one was really good, too. I, I hit, a, hit a stretch here where uh, uh, this is another new one called... Um, it's by directed by Stephen Frears, uh, Philomena from 2013, starring Steve Coogan and hmm. Judy Dench. Um, I didn't know anything about this, but I know that I liked uh, Steve Coogan in um, God damn, I can't remember the name of it. Where him and uh, Rob fucking what's his name went on the trip together. The trip. <laughs> uh, and I like his sense of humor, so I I wanted to see him in a movie. Which I, I saw him in one of, that had the uh, guy from um, Joy Division. The 
Oh, the uh, 24 hour. Yeah, that was really good. Um, So I wanted to watch something else with him in it. This is really good. And from the, like the looks of the box or whatever, it looks like it's going to be stop or my mom will shoot or something. (laughs) It's nothing like that. It, it uh, has some funny stuff at his uh, comedy skills are subtle and funny. Uh, But the story is uh, not something like that's funny. (laughs) <laughs> right, <laughs> but it's it's really good. And as Bryn says, uh, well, I don't want to say what Bryn said because it might give something away. But it's it's a true story. It's really Bryn good. give away a movie? No, no, he didn't give away a movie. But he he just commented <laughs> on s- some people that were involved in the real story that uh, oh. are pieces of shit. Uh, watch 1975's The Killer Elite, directed by Sam Peckinpah, starring James Khan and Robert Duvall. Arthur Hill and uh, <laughs> Bo Hopkins, Mako, Burt Young again, who we like, Burt Young, Burt Young, and uh, Burt Young cast, and Gig maybe. Young, <laughs> Burt and Gig, Gig. <laughs> I Young. love this movie, and I don't give a fuck what anybody says. Yeah, if you don't, who gives a shit? Wait, do people not like? I've never seen it. People There's people it? that don't like it, at, uh, oh. at, or that say that it is, you know, one of Peck and Paul's uh, least. You know, or not, you know, one of Peck and Paul's not as good movies. I like it. I'm going to I'm going to say Convoy is, is below it. I hate Convoy. <laughs> and I like this one better than Bring Me the Head of Alfredo Garcia. Oh, I see. I like Garcia. I don't like that one. I watched yeah. it like three or four times and I still don't like it. I don't like it. I uh, watched <laughs> 2013's. <laughs> Andrew Viner's uh, Tour de Force Masterpiece, The Frankenstein Theory, which is on Netflix Instant. (laughs) What what is this? It's pretty good. I mean, okay, here's the deal. This is the guy that did The Last Exorcism. Uh, Uh, It's a found footage movie, and it, to me, parallels uh, a lot. um, God damn it, I'm drawing another blank about that fucking uh, Burkittsville Witch. Blair Witch Project. It's like that. <laughs> but it's still, I thought it was entertaining. Now, I started watching the one you watched, which was Frankenstein Army one. Yeah, Frankenstein's. Is that two Frankenstein found footage movies in one year, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And and I started watching that one. I didn't get a chance to finish it, but it looks like a piece of shit. So it, it's not. It's it's got some really cool looking That's beasts in looking, it. Yeah. Yeah, but the the movie's kind of. I only saw one monster so far, and it's the one the Ruskies found in like the. Uh, back. Did you see the one with like the drill face yet? No, I saw the one with. Cool. I had like a a fucking reciprocator saw on. It looked like a woman on her arm. Uh, but the last thing I watched was a, um, Jesus, somebody's driving a fucking motorcycle up the road. Uh, what is this? Uh, <laughs> somebody Warner... just stole yours. Nah, mine doesn't sound like that. Uh, Warner archive. Now the thing I'll tell you, here's the thing about Warner archive movies. Um, they all are pricey. Yeah. And they're usually movies that have kind of fallen off the face of the earth. So it's kind of cool. You can find stuff that you know you've either. I wonder. I wonder if the, have you have you tried their streaming service? No. The, you can do Warner. There's a Warner Archives Instant. That might be a good thing to get if it's yeah, price. and it's like Netflix price. Yeah. yeah, but the thing is, they don't add anything to. It. It's not like a Criterion or whatever, or even regular DVDs where you have like some insight. And, yeah. And I just found it a. Um, a really cool interview with Nick Nolte or Jan Michael Nolte on uh, 
YouTube about this movie. It's called Heartbeat from 1980, directed by John Birum. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Nick Nolte, uh, Sissy Spacek, and John Hurd. And John Hurd plays Jack Kerouac. And uh, Nick Nolte plays Neil Cassidy, and Sissy Spacek plays Carolyn Cassidy. And so it's based on a true story. And I've been reading and watching a lot of stuff about the you know beat poets, beat generation stuff like that. It's a pretty good movie. Um, I can see where it fell off the fell off the uh, planet. Uh, it's not a great movie, but if you're interested in those people, it's pretty good. Um, eh, that's it. <laughs> my brain is like elsewhere it's not elsewhere i'm just not functioning on all yeah take a, take a look on uh on your skype chat right now for that <sighs> picture okay um i will let's see i can't remember what i finished talking about last time um did i did i mention dr strange the last time we recorded do you remember the animated dr strange no, so okay, I guess I didn't. I watched a a made for TV. Yeah, I saw that when I was a kid. Doctor Strange, nineteen seventy eight. Now apparently this was going to be like this was like the pilot for a TV show that just never happened. So it was like it was it's about it's an hour and a half. So it was it was going to be three you know uh, two or three episodes worth. I guess probably would have been two if it was an hour long show. Um, it's too bad they didn't make the show. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't great. It was kind of cool uh, seeing like knowing that it was made for TV, like this was probably on ABC or something, which was kind of cool. Um, you know, and it's got late seventies TV special effects. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you ever saw the old, uh, uh, uh amazing Spider-Man yeah. stuff or, or incredible Hulk, that sort of thing. And you know, nothing fancy, but, uh, Jessica Walters in it. And she's the, uh, the mom from arrested development. And she was pretty hot in this for some reason. She played Morgan Le Fay. Ah, um, so she had her tits out the whole movie, or the you know cleavage out. So she was she was good looking, good looking broad man. Um, let's see who played Doctor uh, Strange. Um, it was his name is Peter Hooten. Hooten. Well, I, now he got the he got a mention in um, in uh, Winter Soldier. Not him, but the character. Oh, Doctor. Doctor yeah, yeah. Um, let's see, Stephen. Yeah, he plays Stephen Strange. The let's see if I recognize he was in he played somebody in Inglorious Bastards the the um the seventies one he was in Orca I don't recognize a lot he was in Orca fucking great movie <laughs> 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 um, I watched uh, a real turd called Beach House from nineteen eighty two it's like a turd house sex comedy I guess for it's like these people going to the Jersey Shore for and oh god it was it was awful it's got a it's got a 4.1 on imdb it was like a two it's bad um yeah. okay i remember that guy i've seen Don't him a lot of shit peter Hoot. uh i watched children shouldn't play with dead things i guess this was my easter zombie movie of the week um the this is a weird uh early 70s i guess it's marketed as a comedy it's got this one like douchebag that uh, that apparently manages a, a, a play troupe, like a, a theater troupe, and he is going out to do some kind of like satanic seance at this graveyard, and he makes all the people to, you know, in his troupe go out and help him, even though they don't want to, you know, threatens to fire them, basically. It's all right. The The, the last 20 minutes are pretty good when the, when the zombies actually come. The rest of it's just them arguing, which was pretty fucking annoying, so... 
Yeah, pretty average movie, but the the end was kind of cool. The zombie makeup all looked pretty bad, but I liked it. So, um, I watched. See, this is what made me think I had mentioned some of these already. The Fifth Day of Peace. Hmm, got got, got mint uns. Um, this is from 1970. Uh, Franco Nero is in it. He um, it's based on a true story of these two Nazi deserters, and they are they're starving basically. This is right at the end of World War II, and they go to a a camp where a, a Canadian um, regiment is basically holding a Nazi regiment prisoner at this camp and um until you know they get word what to do you know like you guys are prisoners of war we know the war is over that kind of thing so it reminded me of like victory or like uh the great escape Mm -hmm. except the nazis were the one in prison there's not a lot of like escape attempt type stuff but the it's almost like the um franco nero and that guy are getting they're they're held prisoner basically because they find out that they are deserters they're trying to hide at first um, so the Nazis are wanting to try them as war crim as a as deserters, like treat you know, a court martial for treason. Uh, Bud Spencer's in it. Um, he does not bonk anybody on the head. He oh. plays one. He plays a, a a cook. Um, and they and initially Franco Nero and the other guy, um, who I don't remember his name. Maybe it might be, uh, Helmut Schneider. They uh, they work in the kitchen with them before they get found out that they're actually German soldiers. So it's pretty good. I liked it. It was interesting. Um, I don't know how close to reality it was, but it was, it was based on a true story apparently. So it was good stuff. Um, let's see. I watched, um, another Bud Spencer movie. This one also has our, his buddy Terrence Hill in it. Uh, God forgives. I don't, or, uh, blood river is what it was called here. I guess, (laughs) uh, this is, a. This is a serious movie. There's not, there's no comedy, and it's a, it's a western. Um, and the Bollywood uh, western I watched a couple weeks ago was totally ripped off of this. So, <laughs> um, it's, uh, it's uh, basically like several different parties going for a loot of gold from a train, and nobody knows exactly who robbed the train. And there's a guy, this one, you know, the one, the 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 big heel of the whole thing, you know. Bud Spencer and Terrence Hill both play criminals, so I guess they're they're the minor heels. But then there's the um, Bill San Antonio, who uh, he's the biggest asshole of them all, and nobody knows if he's dead or not. And they're all trying to get the gold, and it's good. It's it's a fun one. It's pretty violent. Um, and Bud Spencer does do the head bonk in this one. Well, it's more of a, it's more of the chop to the shoulder, but he, he <laughs> him and him and Terrence Hill duke it out, so it was pretty good. His arms are like tree trunks. Yeah, he was a big boy. Um, it was amazing how much like, so I could, I could even almost halfway pay attention to it because I had just watched that Bollywood and like there's the ending was different, but there's a, they hit like all the major points, uh, with, there's a gag with them carrying the gold, like it's too heavy and they're trying to, he's trying to carry it on on his back and he's talking about his legs breaking. They did like all of the stuff. So it was good. And the, even this, even this one bit where they're playing cards and a guy puts a gun on the table and Terrence Hill like quickly throws a knife and it land it like the knife blade sticks into the table through the hole of the, the finger hole in the gun. <laughs> they even, they even, they even ripped that off. It's good aim. Um, Oh, I watched another zombie movie day of the dead. Uh, this is George Romero's third zombie movie. This is the one that takes place in the bunker. Hmm. Um, 
this and has Bub the zombie the and the scientist trying to uh, see if zombies can learn. Is this and, where the zombies start, start getting smart? Yes, and organized yes. and shit. Yep. Um, not organized. This is uh, there's one smart zombie in this one. Land of the Dead, I think, is the smart ones that that learn how to use guns. Um, although, although the the one zombie like he gives him stuff like that in this movie, like music and books and stuff. Um, he doesn't read, but he picks it up and he's like, you know, turning the pages. Uh, I had only seen this. I've seen Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead. I don't know how many times each, and for some reason, I'd only ever seen this one once. Maybe I didn't care for it all that much. I can't remember. I, I liked it a lot this time. I don't know. I don't know why I never revisited it because the other two I've all I I I own. I don't even own this one. I own the first two, and I've watched them multiple times. But for the, whatever reason, um, but I watched it this one again, and I I liked it. So did you see the um, Denzel Washington movies Hurricane? E- yes, but I saw it in the theater. I don't really remember much about it. Well, guess what? Reuben Hurricane Carter is dead at 76. What, just popped just up. Oh. Yeah. Well, won't be over till they clear his name. That's something that he never done. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, I went to the theater. Yeah. And I watched uh, The Raid 2. No, let's hear about this Raid 2 because I have heard some things. All right, so the raid two. <laughs> That's a nice. Thing. Um, now, I I remember I complained about the first one because of the shaky camera. Now the shaky camera returns in this, uh, which definitely detracts from scenes for me. Um, I'm just uh, I'm always going to be sensitive to it. I don't know if there's a way to change that, but Dramamine. Yeah, but the thing about Dramamine, I'm just a fucking zombie. I'll fall asleep in the movie, so it's better just to kind of avert the gaze if it ever feels like it's getting me. Um, I never get let it get. I'm glad, like Gravity, for instance. I'm glad I didn't see in the theater because I would have been fucked up. Um, but this, this is really good. It's it's definitely too long. Um, it's 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 trying to be um, dread. Not dread. No, the first one was like dread. This one is more like Infernal Affairs. Have you ever seen or, uh, or the one that Scorsese did that was a remake of it? Um, oh yeah, with Damon and. Um yeah, 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 yeah. It's a similar kind of thing. It's a similar kind of thing. So hmm. it's it's not going through a building. It's it's undercover type stuff. There's some amazing fights stuff in it. Um, I wish Gareth Evans because he draws some really unique and cool camera like filming techniques while filming fighting. But he fucking j- shakes the camera, which is not necessary. These guys don't need. The extra, like... Maybe he's beaten off while he's fucking filming. <laughs> yeah. Like, this um, is so fucking good. I was the only person in the theater. Yeah. Um, let's see. I don't... They're different movies. Um, I don't know which one I prefer. The more the first one is more just action, action, action. This one has more story. Mm. Um, I've seen people complain about the story in this, but I thought it was fine. But it's not... You know, it's like I said, it tried to be Infernal Affairs, and it wasn't Infernal Affairs. It wasn't as... Uh, as well written, I guess it wasn't as good a story as that, even though it's the same kind of story, but it was still, it was good. It was fine. Um, it was easy to follow. Um, and there's definitely some, uh, colorful characters in it. There's a one, one henchman that his specialty is his baseball bat and he'll, to start the fights, he'll be hitting baseballs at people <laughs> and he'll hits one dude right in the face. And then like the ball will be rolling next to somebody. He's like, throw the ball back, throw the ball back. And they, they you know, if they don't throw so it. So if back, you went up against him, and you dress like a catcher with a catcher's mitt. 
Yeah. <laughs> he would be, you would be like his arch nemesis. And then there's the chick that fights with two claw hammers, which is pretty brutal. Oh. Um, but it's good. It's it's definitely worth checking out. Um, it's long though. It's a, it's two, like two out, almost two and a half hours. Jesus. Like, yeah, for an action movie, it's a little much. I'd be out of breath if I had to fight that much. <laughs> he, you should see. He, he looked he looked bad. The the Marintal guy. Marintal. Yeah. Um. Let's see. I watched. I'm gonna truck through these. Sorry. I watched the Bullet Train. Um, I thought it was a Sonny Chiba movie. It is not a Sonny Chiba movie, although he is in it. It's more of a Ken Takakura movie. I like um, Ken Takakura. Yeah. It's uh. Let me let, see if this sounds familiar. Criminals plant a bomb on a high speed train. It will explode when the train slows down, unless a ransom is paid. Didn't we watch familiar? that with Keanu Reeves? And uh... <laughs> yes, we did. Um, yeah, it's, it's, this is what Speed is based on. Um, oh, okay. It's good. It's uh, yeah. It, it, Sonny Chiba is the the train conductor. The, the driver, the or whatever you would call it. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not in it a ton. He doesn't do anything actiony at all. Um, but but it's a cool movie because it's a it's the the cops trying to catch Takakura is the main the the main brains behind the the bomb planting. Did and something two wrong with, with this picture because it never did come through. Oh, and when okay, I I'll click on it, it says it's still loading or whatever. Uh, I'll send it again. Destroy me. Um, so, um, but yeah, this is, this is a good one and it, I'd struggled with it forever cause it's, I've downloaded this a long time ago and I've never been able to get the subtitles to work and I finally did. So, uh, let's see. I watched food Inc. This is a revisit, um, about the food industry and it makes you disgusted about pretty much everything you eat ever. Um, include, well, no, I'm going to say include, about ex-girlfriends. <laughs> I don't need food Inc. to tell me that one. Um, I watched Oh Brother Where Art Thou for the first time in quite a few years. Yeah, is it still good? This. Does it hold up? It's still, it's still really good. Yeah, it's fine. It's still really good. I love Clooney. That's our our man crush of the show. Shit, I can't remember what we watched. Something. Uh, it might be uh, August uh, or uh, Osage County. One of the producers was Clooney. I think. I did not know that, and I was watching oh, the yeah. credits. We thought you. Was a toad. John Goodman was fucking good in that too. Yeah, yeah. Like fucking KKK, uh, <laughs> dude. <laughs> this this is awesome. I I saw this in the theater and I've loved it ever since. And I've owned it on a couple different formats. So uh, I'd never I hadn't revisited it lately. So and then one for whatever reason I had never seen. Uh, Sandlot, nineteen ninety three, um, about the kids in the Sandlot I playing the that. baseball and. Um, and it's good. I mean, you know, I like the, I liked some of it. <laughs> it was fun. I like the, I really like the baseball stuff. I love the setting of it. The early like 62, whatever it's in, in the Valley and near, near Los Angeles. And, um, you know, just these kids just all about it. It, it revolves around baseball with the, you know, just doing kids stuff, which was pretty cool. The dog stuff got a little tiresome after a while. Uh, but the, I thought that when they did the dog, the, the, when they made the dog look like a monster, it was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> when he'd jump over the fence and you, it looked like Jaws or something, that was pretty good. Um, another one that, uh, another classic baseball movie that I had seen now for the first time, Bang the Drum Slowly. Um, apparently, another one I haven't seen, but the baseball version of Brian's song. Um, this is uh, Robert De Niro, Michael Moriarty, and uh, who plays the manager? 
Is that uh, I can't Vincent, remember. Vincent Gardenia? Is yeah, he's the one, yeah. the cop from uh, their first Death Wish that was always after uh, Bronson. I liked him. He he's good. Um, bang the drum slowly. It's a uh, De Niro. This is a really early role. This got to be. Oh yeah, he was very young. He did. De Niro did. Um, he did that one movie with. Shit, he he was like one of several sons with this like crime mom. Oh um, yeah, but was it not Bloody Mama? Shelley Winters. Like, yeah, Shelley yeah. Winters. I, I I don't know if that was before this. This is, has to be one of his first movies though, and he's he's really slow uh, catcher, but he's he's got a terminal illness, and um, at first it's like star pitcher that's his basically his best friend knows about it, and the team slowly finds out, and it's. It's a. I mean, it's kind of the Yankees. I mean, they look like the Yankees uniforms, but it's the New York Mammoths. I think mm-hmm. their name is. Yeah. Um, but it's good. It's they it's, must it's have probably. shot that uh, in cooperation with Major League Baseball because there were several times where I mean, uh, you could see like yeah. the Pirates and. Yeah, they did. They there was there was major league. There was definitely uh, actual footage of baseball games, and then um, they the scenes of the like the broad scenes of them playing where it wasn't actual players were um, uh, was at Shea Stadium because I think they I, I read they filmed when the Mets were on a uh, well they they filmed at Yankee Stadium briefly at the beginning, but this this was mostly in Shea Stadium, and Shea Stadium looked pretty shitty back in nineteen seventy two <laughs> or whenever this was, um, but the um, the the Mets were on an extended road trip, I think. So they. I'm not shitting you, man. I feel like I could vomit right now. Uh-oh. Uh, go ahead. I, I'm just um, going to look away from the screen <laughs> like you said about... Uh, I don't know. What oh. the hell? I feel like I have to shit and vomit at the same time. Oh, God. Okay, Sh- I'm almost done. Um, uh, Milius, uh, the documentary about John Milius, uh, it says, look at the life, but really it's just his life at, from film school onward. I mean, briefly, it talks about... hard. Um, well, kind of, yeah. I it like talks Milius, about, but I mean, he is, uh, it talks about that and like, and, and it's a very different, macho, uh, yeah, yeah. And that, and his, you'd think his, his shtick would get pretty tired, but the doc- documentary does a good job of balancing it. And, oh yeah, he's, and, he's fun to listen to. And, um, I didn't know he had health problems now, so. Jesus Christ, listen to how he breathes. I think he's, no, listening. he's like, he had a stroke. Really? Yeah. So, but watch the, watch this documentary. I think you'll like it. Um, they interview a shitload of people in it. Uh, so he's probably one of these guys. And, you know, I'm just speculating, but he's probably one of these guys that, you know, I'm a man's man. I smoke cigars. I drink yeah. good whiskey. I eat bacon and whatever I want. Well, they talk about how he would ride around with shotguns in his car and and Fuck. you know, probably yeah, shotguns in your fucking car. <laughs> and the last movie I watched was. One I'd never seen, also also from 
We'll do a review of Southern Comfort right after this. Hey, this is Scott of Married with Clickers. Tune in to hear my wife Kat and me discuss all sorts of movies. We'll cover everything from The Lost Weekend to Weekend at Bernie's. From The Big Sleep to Big Mama's House. Well, maybe not Big Mama's House. And the great thing about Kat is that she's not afraid to speak her mind. And would you be surprised to hear he was nominated for Best Actor that year? For that film? For that film. (laughs) (laughs) But don't take my word for it. Just listen to what the Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema has to say about our show. It's a husband and wife show, and they discuss movies and stuff. Yeah, a very wife-husband show. High praise indeed. So come find us at marriedwithclickers.libson.com. It will save your life. Or maybe just help you kill an hour. Comfort in 1981, uh, directed by Mr. Walter Hill, who we haven't done a movie of in quite a while. Streets of Fire might have been the, that was fucking four, seven, forty-seven, fifty-seven years ago or so. Um, but he did produce. Uh, he was a producer on Prometheus, so he's all good with me. Um, Southern Comfort. Uh, a squad of National Guards on an isolated weekend exercise in the Louisiana swamp must fight for their lives when they anger local Cajuns by stealing their canoes. Without live ammunition and in a strange country, their experience begins to mirror the Vietnam experience. Keith Lowe, good on you. Not too bad, Not buddy. Alright. Zom, this is a new one for me, but... Yeah, I think you're an old pro at Southern Comfort. What did you think I of this one? I saw this one when it first came out. Yeah. And I will say that, um, I don't know, it has that, uh, that the, it falls into the genre of dudes against nature and fucking weird hillbillies, you know, that oh, kind yeah. of shit. Like, uh, they, they, uh, I think on some of the posters or something like that, it was like, you know, if you like deliverance, you know, this has <laughs> 10 times the butt fucking of deliverance, you know, some shit like that. But anyway. In this one, what I thought was interesting when I saw the deliverance comparison, I was surprised when the. No butt fucking. The, the, well, there's very little butt fucking, at least not on camera. <laughs> I think and Keith Carradine the, um, and Powers Booth's characters. <laughs> well, no, actually, I think that uh, co- the coach and. Uh, Peter Coyote's character might have been doing some <laughs> fucking in a butt. But the the um 
I was surprised how little you actually saw the 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 Cajuns. Yes, the Cajuns, because um, they hide out back in yeah. the bayou. Yeah, they're almost like shadows. Um, you, you know, there's you know you briefly see them from time to time, but uh, besides Brian James, you know, there's no there's no like face to the name really. They just out there chilling. You know, here's the deal. Yeah. Don't go fucking around down south. That's just the way it is. You know, we all live back in here. Nobody don't fuck with us. Uh, don't go Don't go park at the horse complex just because you want to go watch hockey. <laughs> well, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. You're a native. Uh, <laughs> well, here's the deal, people. Okay. This has a pretty good cast of uh, characters here. I remember, um, goddamn, what movie? There was a movie, I think it was called Jagged Edge, with Jeff Bridges and Glenn Close. And um, uh, that was... I like Jeff yeah, Bridges. Yeah, that was like the first movie that I ever saw Peter Coyote in, I believe. And I thought he was really good. Um, and he doesn't have a... Like he's not in this entire movie, but he has a pretty pivotal pivotal role in getting the ball rolling. Right. Um, you also have uh, Keith Carradine of the famous Carradine family uh, with his uh, smart ass, uh, you know, kind of long hair and big teeth. So I don't remember, but is is was David like half? Yeah, David or was half brother. Okay, because. Keith and Robert and like. Robert certainly look similar. Yeah, and David never quite looked like, and he looked quite a bit older yeah. too. Um, now Powers Booth, this was probably now I remember seeing him in Extreme Justice with Nick Nolte, uh, <laughs> but I can't remember if this one which came first because was executive or was uh, the movie with Nick Nolte was that executive? What the hell was that movie called? I just said Extreme Justice. Was that Walter Hill? Oh no, extreme. No, well, uh, no, it wasn't extreme. It was extreme justice? No, it was. Um, the hell was the name of that? It was after this. Extreme, extreme prejudice. Extreme prejudice. That's when Nolte that and Powers was, Booth were walking around being real prejudiced. Yeah, yeah, that that was Walter yeah. Hill too. Yeah, and yeah. They were like, you know, they'd walk around and see like a Hispanic person and make derogatory terms or see an African. Oh, and Powers Powers Booth was in that awesome one with uh, Jean Claude Van Damme. Wasn't he? He's in the one that took place at the hockey rink. Yes, yes, he was the bad guy. <laughs> he he was Hans Gruber or whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, and you also what the hell was the name uh, of that one? Extreme Pittsburgh. <laughs> Sudden, Sudden death. death. I saw that one too, and I was actively going to the igloo watching hockey when that happened. Um, not during that game. But, Peter uh, Himes. Fred directed. Ward, who played Remo Williams, is in this. Not during that game. <laughs> oh, was it? I mean, we didn't get evacuated or anything. <laughs> that was when Lemieux... Based, based on a yeah, true story. Yeah, that was when Lemieux and Yager and all of them were at their the height of their uh, awesomeness. And so the Penguins were really big at that time. They're still pretty big, you know. In fact, yeah. doing pretty good. Um, except they have uh, Cindy uh, Crosby, who everybody hates. Unless Cindy you're Crosby. a fan of their... Um, but so anyway, you have a pretty good cast here. You have Brian James. You have uh, Sonny Landham, who uh, I did not realize was in this until like just a few, probably a few weeks ago, because he has a big bushy mustache. And like Loaf said, the the Cajuns in this they are they are not in it. Uh, you see them uh, sparingly, 
running through and behind yeah, yeah. the swamps in the trees. So anyway, you have these uh, weekend warrior guys who are, um, what do you call it, National Guardsmen. And I guess yeah. every once in a while, these fuckers uh, have to go out and pretend like they're... Practice. They, they, they play war and practice. And usually they're like... Uh, you know, you, you have guys from everywhere. You have the, the dregs and you have guys that, like, manage grocery stores and, and all this shit. Now, the... I, n- I never under quite understood why Powers Booth's character was there. Harden was there. I guess there. he moved. Because, well, well yeah, I, don't, I don't know that he did. Because, one, if he's a chemical engineer, why would the hell would he need to be in the National Guard? You know, well, he said he's a chemical engineer, okay. and he seems educated, but he and he hates Louisiana, and he never said it. I don't remember him saying anything about the moving. The one thing that I didn't notice uh, after seeing this thing so many times, um, it's made was made in 1981, so I assumed it was kind of the same time. But at the very beginning, it says it's like 1975, I think. So it's it's not yeah. too far removed from Vietnam. So a lot of those college right. boys joined the National Guard and shit. So they wouldn't <laughs> have to go to ROTC and National Guard and shit, so they wouldn't have to go to fucking Vietnam. So maybe, okay. uh, maybe that that's a reason. And, uh, it would definitely make sense for the Carradine character, Spencer, for, to have done that to avoid yeah, Vietnam. Because he's, he's kind of a hippie, smart-ass, punk, pot-smoking, dope-smoking hippie. Uh, not, not that much of a hippie, Tommy. but he's, he's definitely a smart-ass, which his mouth uh, gets yeah, yeah. him into some trouble, and he takes a uh, bitch slap at one point where his feathered hair flies around and it's like <laughs> sitting on top of his head like a raccoon, raccoon skin cap, and he doesn't like move it back, and you know, it was pretty funny. Um, but anyway, they have to go out on these maneuvers, and you have some uh, white trash uh, rednecks. Uh, so it's kind of, when you get down to it, uh, Fred Ward who plays Reese and Stucky, I think they're brothers, actually. If they're not, they're brothers in uh, White Trash Scuzzery. Uh, they are in the National Guard, <laughs> but they're kind of dumb fucks, like, uh, that, yeah. that, you know, do stupid things and just, like, you know, give shit. And Fred Ward's really good at it. He's got some arrogant um, mor- moron skills. And Stucky's just a moron. Yeah, I like him in this. But he's not arrogant. He's just dumb. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> then you have um, well anyway so they have to go out on these maneuvers and you know I will say this while I was watching this I I thought to myself this had to be one of the most I would I, I don't know if I always thought that the movie with Christian Slater uh, where there's a flood I can't remember it's Morgan Freeman's in that and, and uh, they're trying to there's a fucking armored car that gets flooded and it's underwater and they're trying to steal money or something. I thought, Jesus Christ, that had to be a horrible movie to fucking be in. Uh, but this has to be even more <laughs> horrible because at least in that one, they probably shot it like on a set and a big water tank. Whereas this one, they're actually out in the swamps where there's skeeters, yeah. <laughs> skeeters and snakes and shit. And I guess everybody pretty much got the flu and got sick while they were making this. But they're out there, and the, I can't, I can't stand for my feet yeah. to be wet. And that's all they did was they're fucking up to their up to their knees yeah. in this muddy water the whole and, movie. And uh, and just every day, day in day out, cold as hell. Because there's there's times where you know you can see their breath and stuff. And um, 
they go out and they and they just like I said, they're doing like this uh, army maneuvers thing, and they have to be at a certain coordinate by a certain time. And the way the way the bayou is, you know, um, I guess they, you know if it floods or whatever, they they come to a certain point and they're like, well, shit, it's like a giant river there, you know, now and whereas before there was land, so. Um, they have to make a choice uh, of going all the way back where they came from, which they're hoofing through all this swampy shit water for a real long time. They're cold and they're hungry, eating sea rations and shit. And or they find this uh, poacher's kind of shack, and there's these three uh, like uh, well, I guess they called them piros, but they're like canoes that the Cajuns make, and. They said, well, you know, we can either walk all the way fucking back there with these packs on, or we can take these fucking boats and go right across and, you know, get on our way. And, of course, the uh, asshole rednecky guys in their group are like, let's go. Let's get the fuck out of here. You get your shit. <laughs> Fred Ward, you know. And so they, uh, Peter Coyote, apparently, from what you learn in the movie, was in Vietnam and was a decorated veteran because, you know, I think it would be kind of hard to maintain, you know, the, the same kind of uh, discipline that you would with like crack troops with these nodheads, mm-hmm. you know? So anyway, they go and, and they, <laughs> they establish at the beginning that powers booth is, you know, the new guy he's from Texas and, you know, he's, he makes it known right off the bat that, he just wants to smoke cigarettes and get the fuck out of there because he hates this shit. <laughs> and Carradine's smart ass, and you know, and you have a couple. I love Powers Booth. Oh, he's, accent. He has such he's a great, cool and he's got that deep voice and everything. And um, you right off the bat, you you start to see a developing uh, what we call in uh, uh, Podcastville a developing bromance between Powers Booth and Keith <laughs> Carradine. I think. Um, and uh, definitely after the fact, after things get set in motion uh, between uh, the guy who plays coach uh, and um, Peter Coyote, because he has a very strange reaction to what happens to uh, Peter Coyote's character, almost like, you know, they in love. <laughs> I don't know. But that's it's <laughs> Alan Autry, who was in North Dallas 40, and who also was on that uh, TV show In the Heat of the Night, which was a remake of the one with uh, Rod Steiger and Sidney Poitier. So anyway, they uh, head on, they take these boats, and they decide they're going to fucking take off. Well, apparently, there's there's kind of a... For me, there is a question. Uh, they seem to think, you know... That I, I wonder how it would have played out. I know it's a fictional story, but how it would have played out if they just took the boats and the dumb fucking moron redneck in their group wouldn't have done what he did. Because right. you're, I mean, if, that definitely kind of starts. Yeah, well, in a similar situation, <laughs> they only have blanks in their guns, they have machine guns, they have an M60 and uh, uh, M16s. But they only have blanks. But these fucking indigenous people that live there don't know that. So a joke to them, which is pointing a gun at somebody and going, <laughs> you know, and they're laughing their ass off. That guy's like, <laughs> well, these people are like, Jesus Christ, these fucking assholes are shooting at us. So they, you know, 
turnabout's fair play, you know. So anyway, this yeah. leads to a uh, kind of a almost like a horror movie like uh, stalking of these guys yeah. because they're out there in the middle of nowhere. Well, first of all, they get dumped in the drink into the into the water because uh, Coach, the big dumbass, who probably fancies himself as the macho manly most manly guy there immediately falls to fucking pieces and tips over every goddamn boat and so they all get so but but that that helps set up some shit well first of all this is back in the day before cell phones but they have a radio but that's done for a reason because then the radio gets lost and and or destroyed uh a lot of their equipment just gets completely soaked they get completely soaked and yeah. so then um, like I said, it's all to me. It almost becomes like a horror kind of a movie because they do in a Jaws-like thing, or uh, Hills Have Eyes, or so. I don't know if Hills Have Eyes. Yeah, yeah, think, yeah, well, like, yeah, yeah. That's, that's you, you don't see the guys. You see them like maybe a glimpse of them running behind trees, but it it yeah. it's almost leads like like they're in a um, like you said, a stranger in a strange land where. Um, they're out of their element, and these Cajun guys are completely in their element. And so it's not only the Cajun guys stalking them, but you also have that uh, man against uh, nature, against the cold, against the wet, against the Yeah, and, and, and against uh, their own fucking sanity. They start, like, a lot of them start losing their yeah, shit and arguing with each other. and everything. Yeah. Um, but there is one part of this when when you when I I like man against nature. Okay, the dogs thing was kind of a sort of like that because you never see the guys; you just hear these dogs. Yeah, and at first they're yeah. like, "Hey, man, there must be some hunters around here." And then these big goddamn fucking Rottweilers show up and gnaw on them a little bit. But there was one part of it that I thought was kind of I don't know if I would say it's going too far. But it, 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 if you look at it logically, it doesn't really work. Is the trees? There's one scene where it's like, okay, now we're assuming that these Cajuns that are after them don't have mystical powers, and you right. can't fucking just have like these giant trees without sitting there with a chainsaw or a saw and cutting them. <laughs> You know, and having them just drop like you know one after the other. Perfect timing. Perfect timing. Yeah. yeah. So that really was kind of. It added like kind of a because you it, you went through the almost like Rambo like booby trap shit. Uh, yeah. You know, with the big Malaysian swing and all that shit. But um, yeah. so anyway, and and another thing that adds to the creepiness is Coach. Who starts acting weirder and fucking weirder? He he. Some of his lines are classic. <laughs> like uh, they come across uh, uh, Brian James, who is a Cajun guy uh, with a big old poor Brian. Ja- do they do they ever put Brian James in a movie and not have him have a to do a weird accent? accent? Yeah, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and Keith, Keith Carradine's like doesn't sound like any fucking French I ever fucking heard. Me, me. And I like when he's like, does anybody here speak French? And there, and everybody's like, no. And he goes, well, maybe a 
a year of uh, high school financial help, and he fucking like asked him like Casa Bay Pepe or something. And he's like, "What did he say?" And he goes, "Hell, I don't know." It's like, yeah, you know. Do you speak English? So anyway, um, but Coach is just increasingly losing his shit. And one thing that was kind of creepy and weird is when he does the uh, the red. He paints a red cross on his chest. Yeah, and yeah. and uh, then does some weird shit, and then they're like, "Hey, coach, what the fuck's up with uh, painting the cross on your chest and act <laughs> like a fucking maniac?" And he goes, "Well, I do what I do." <laughs> you know, it's like what? <laughs> but now Walter Hill said, you know, people immediately when they saw this said that there was an allegory, uh, or it was a metaphor for Vietnam, and he said that it wasn't. But you can see yeah. so much of it there, like you know, like uh, these the guerrilla warfare guys the... thrust into a jungle or a wilderness-like atmosphere, guerrilla warfare thing where the the uh, the indigenous people own the night. Uh, almost yeah, some of them are there against their will, so they're kind of like the you know the. What was the what was the what do they call the guy in uh, Full Metal Jacket? Uh, you know he was the liberal wisecracking guy, or the not that you know Full Metal Jacket came out after this, but yeah. you know what I mean. There's always in these war movies. There's especially the Vietnam ones. There seems to be a you know the wisecracking guy or them that going into, uh, the liberal yeah, guy. Them going into uh, uh, the trapper who is Brian James's you know place. And immediately yeah. going in like uh, like troops going into a Vietnamese village and taking over and disrespecting everything, going right into their not knowing who's good and destroying who everything, blah 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 blah. Yeah, exactly. So he's Walter Hill's full of shit. And he made that goddamn Stallone movie, which is fucking horrible. So anyway <laughs> I like that. Movie. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> it was you like bad movies though, but uh, you know. I do like well no, I see like some good movies good. too. Some good so movies. So anyway. Uh, <laughs> I like the uh, interaction between Keith Carradine and um, Powers Booth because they're both kind of yeah. like uh, the more intelligent guys there that think things through. The power, like you can yeah. see, Carradine's probably like the liberal, smart-ass guy, and though he kind of gravitates towards Powers Booth because Powers Booth is an intelligent person too. Powers Booth. Doesn't immediately be like, you know, you know, I mean, he still is just kind of like, listen, I'm out, you know, I want to survive. I'm out for myself. I love my wife. And I like when he says, they're talking about his wife and he goes, I like her. She makes it. And he says it with just this deadpan, you know, like she makes me laugh. <laughs> and he is like, he said, well, maybe I'll look her up sometime. He goes, I said, she's got a good sense of humor. I don't. You know, but you know that he likes, he kind of likes Carradine too. So anyway, and yeah. then you have the two. And I liked, I liked Booth and um, and Fred. Yeah, Ward. that was. Uh, they they were tense together, but it, it starts when um, when Ward has the. Is it a spoiler to say what he has on him? Um, oh yeah. But the uh, when when they're when he when Booth is resolving an argument of what should be split up, and um, that uh, which I thought was a great touch. That they've had, that they there's like a that gives you a little bit of hope that this thing that that Ward has with him, um, and you're you're almost like, you know, it seemed like they might have gone through a lot more than they might have actually had. But <laughs> well, and it also shows um, you that that um, even though Booth is an engineer and he's a smart guy, 
he's he obviously came from the other side of the tracks or something because he yeah. is immediately you know uh, he's not a stranger to violence or using. No, and that was fucking awesome when he he sneaks up behind Ward with that bayonet up yeah. to his throat and like that was a great scene. Um, you have um, two brothers in this. And uh, yeah. T.K. Carter and I can't remember what the other guy's name is. Um, I don't remember uh, either. Was that? Was it Franklin Seals? I don't know. Shit, hell. Sims? Who was yeah, that Sims? was Sims. Yeah. Sims, uh-huh. uh, Sims and Cribs. And you kind of... Well... <laughs> Cribs is funny because he needles uh, Coach about smoking pot and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or no, Coach <laughs> is not down with anything that's – he's like, uh, you know, Mr. All-American, you know, uh, drink a Budweiser, but if you smoke a joint, you're, you're a scumbag or whatever. And, and Cribs is like, hey, Coach, you know, uh, <laughs> guess what, what do you do for a living? He says he sells, uh, sells weed. Uh, to high school kids. To high school. Goes, I hope you're <laughs> fucking joking. And he's the dead crib says that he sells it to uh, this one high school, which is uh, eleven and zero, and coach's team was one and you know eleven or or uh, oh and eleven. <laughs> it's rebuilding here. So anyway, um, <laughs> you get to the, the, what's his name, Casper, the the one that ends up taking over. Or leading after yeah. Peter Coyote has his problems. Um, he's kind of a his dumb fuck, too. He's like one of those <laughs> military guys that um, everything's about the mission. Or If he had orders to do something, he'd be the guy that in World War One, if there was a machine gun mowing down and just piling up bodies, he would just constantly have guys just charge right into it because he was work too. <laughs> he's just kind of a dumb fuck. Um but the the movie goes uh, you you start having the guys get whittled down you know uh, with yeah. stuff hap- happening to them and then toward the end um, it kind of takes a different turn where you were saying about you don't they're at the point where they don't know who to trust where they're looking at everybody right. with suspicion and um, they find a town. And there's like a, uh, it'd be like Easter Sunday. It's Easter right now. So it'd be like Easter Sunday. They're having a big uh, cookout, a big party, and they're playing music. And they're, a hoot nanny. A hoot nanny, yeah. And um, so they're, they're taken there, and everything seems cool, but Keith Carradine is, is more like uh, accepting and ready to just say, hey, everything's cool. You know, let's have a good time and wait for uh, the truck or right. wait for this or that or whatever. But Powers Booth is still kind of like, I don't know about this shit. <laughs> and, and there's this tension, <laughs> especially the way it's shot, because you have that music playing. And they're eating and everything. And then you see, like, uh, Powers Booth will look out the window and he'll see something. And, and of course, there was a uh, – I don't know if I would say it was a getting hit over the head, uh, ham-handed thing about uh, – being oh, led to slaughter. Yeah, yeah, and I didn't like... It was pretty disgusting. Well, man. I didn't really... Yeah, I didn't... I, I, that was a real deal there. 
I mean, they really killed those. Yeah, pigs. you get to see you get to see a couple pigs shot in yeah. the head and gutted while hanging upside down, which is pretty yeah, disgusting. it was pretty pretty. Uh, you know, I understand. You know, that's what people do, and you're eating whatever, whatever. But anyway, when you keep seeing like little things, and maybe they mean something, maybe they don't. Maybe this is not what it is, or what it is, and and but uh, Powers Booth is the cynical skeptic. Where Keith Carradine is kind of like the you know hey it's over you know everything's cool, um, so but I I like the end now what the the uh, the first and it gets pretty there's some brutal violence in this in this fucking movie for so for all you kids yeah. out there you know if you have kids uh, you might not want to watch <laughs> your yeah. gaze um, but there I remember when I first watched this and my friends watched it because I think it was on HBO quite a bit that. There was some confusion about the ending. Um, I did not understand what had happened at, at the, the very end. end uh, the extreme slow mo and, and like the pause on something. But this yeah. time, I did not feel that. I felt that it was pretty self-explanatory. I think the slow mo. I, 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 I was still a little. Well, lost. I think the slow mo was more uh, just to build up tension, but then when. The, the final uh, freeze frame shows what that is. Be the relief. Yeah, who it is and everything. Okay. And I think that was I think that was pretty just straightforward. Uh, but I okay. like the ending, and I liked. Uh, now I will say this: um, when you have guns that have nothing but blanks, and eventually everybody's gun has nothing but blanks. Um, they seem to hang on to them quite a bit now. If you use them as a club, okay, they use them at times to signal each other. But also, yeah. I would think if I had a bayonet, if I was going to carry around that goddamn gun and it didn't have, it had just nothing but blanks, I would have the bayonet on the end of the gun to use as a fucking stabbing spear. Like a spear, yeah. I don't understand why they never, they kept taking the bayonets yeah. off. But I guess, I don't know. I mean, you could use also use the gun as a club, you know. But anyway, um, you have you've never seen it, so tell yeah, me a little you... bit i've never seen it um i uh i love the the vietnam comparison and it certainly feels like that i'm not sure why he would say that it's not at least with vietnam the vietnam experience yeah. in the back of your Seems head like but, um yeah the uh the no it says it takes place in 75 or something they t- and then they talk about uh you know I think Carradine's early line is talking about the Louisiana National Guard. They're, what they're good for is shooting students and tear gassing blacks <laughs> or something like that. You know, what, that's what's sad, um, though, is, well, no, it wasn't Ohio. What's sad right, is Ohio was the, was the really Kent, happen, Kent State. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, and, and, and Booth's, Booth's uh, or Harden, the character Harden plays by, played by Powers Booth, I I think he was my favorite part of the movie, and he just had that uh, that opinion like, like he 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 forms kind of a bond with Carradine's character, but for the most part, he's just kind of like he has that this feeling that everybody that around him right now are just rednecks, regardless of whether they're from Texas or Louisiana or wherever, and that he just wants to get done and be done. And I I thought he was perfectly cast for this too. He was he was good. Um, I liked the. Um, they have a they have a finish line, which I thought was pretty funny because Carradine has a, a bunch of like whores set up yeah, <laughs> after they finish their trek through the bayou, just, yeah. and uh, what I think Booth was pissed because he was the only one that was married. <laughs> He's like, hey, I want like a party and beer. I don't want 
horse, you know, um, which I thought that was pretty cool. And he had that, the, the funny line, uh, these, when the, when the sergeant finds out about the prostitutes, he's like, you, we set up prostitutes at blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yes, these women are expecting some small unit military <laughs> penetration. <laughs> um, yeah, that skinning station is where where it starts off when they borrow the canoes, quote unquote, borrow, and they leave a note like, "Okay, what what the hell are they supposed to do with that?" You you take their canoes four miles away, well, and you're like, "Oh, sorry, we took but your." The one guy even he you know. did say they took there was four canoes and they took three, so they could actually two guys could go. You know, if they had the one canoe still there, they could go get the other. Canoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know. I don't know who usually does the music for Walter Hill, Walter Walter Hill Jesus uh, movies, <laughs> but it you can almost you could almost watch this and know it was him just by like that twangy score that you hear at times. Um, which I and I, I like the music in this, but the um, the other thing that I like that he does, and this goes back to you know talking about the man versus nature sort of thing is how it almost like the way the way the 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 scenes are they transition at times especially near the center of the movie when everybody's getting picked off is um like the swamp is almost swallowing them like uh because you'll see they'll be splashing along or panicking or gun firing or or something like that and then there'll just be this still shot 10 seconds or so of just the still water and you it's just silent or you'll hear like the you know crickets or whatever's in the yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> uh, I like how wide Brian James was because he's supposed to be one armed, but it was obvious his fucking arm was just tucked in his, a big chest. his jacket. <laughs> he had a giant, a wide torso. But yeah, the uh, I like the end too. But the 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 gutting of the pigs was pretty disgusting with the intestines spilling out and everything. But um, I thought it was I thought this was a cool movie. I, I mean, I haven't seen Deliverance probably in 15 years, but I'd probably say I prefer this one um, because I like the, I think I like the military kind of aspect of it a little better. Um, but I'll have to go back and watch Deliverance. Maybe I'll make a comparison. So, uh, we, but let's let's rate it. Oh, I'd give this a solid 8.25. I don't know why I said that. Nice. I just you know got it. It just came out. Uh, I thought it was. I think it's a good movie. Uh, I, it seemed like it was kind of a. I don't know, like a, I would say almost like a forgotten movie, but it was kind of an overlooked movie when it came out. So, you know, but, you know. I kind of wonder that this, when this came out, well, I really, anything that came out probably trying to be big between 76 and 83 will probably had a hard time just because of the star Wars thing. Yeah. Kept getting I think it did get a lot. I think when it first got like, big notice i didn't look and see how much money it made or if it made its money back in the theater but uh like i said it got run on uh it had a really long run on hbo where it was just shown over and over i think that's where i saw it i don't think i saw it in theater yeah okay um i give it a 7.75 i uh i quite liked it um it'll be one i revisit certainly it's um it's cool if you like Vietnam movies, regardless of what Walter Hill says. So it definitely has that feel to it. Everybody's good in it. Um, even the even the background guys are are solid. So, uh, but Powers Booth's really good, and um, Carradine's Carradine's kind of Carradine. Yes. I feel like I've seen him do this before. I don't know where. I don't know. I, like, honestly, I, he's one of those guys for me. I will immediately see his face and know his you know who he is, but I have no idea what the hell I've seen. And his voice is kind of. I mean, he's been kind of got that. 
smart ass attitude. He, he just his yeah, voice yeah. is kind of I don't know. His line delivery is not real. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Maria's lover. See, I don't know what the hell. I mean, I've seen him a ton, and I have no idea what it is that I've seen him in. With, uh, no, I've all the Carradines. Uh, he was in uh, that. He played Wild Bill Hickok in uh, Deadwood. Maybe he was on a TV show that I did see. I didn't see Deadwood, but he must. Maybe he's done a lot of TV stuff. Who knows? I don't. I honestly don't know why I recognize him like I do. But he's one of those guys that, you know, he's familiar. Cowboys and Aliens, um, but yeah, the Duelist with uh, Harvey Keitel. Didn't, didn't didn't see it. Didn't God see it. damn. <laughs> no you idea. Anyway, uh, let's take a break and come back and review. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> Jim Cotta, nineteen eighty-five. We'll be right back. It's the Daily Grindhouse Podcast. I got your boy hanging. You no business bond, insecure junkyard mother. Starring Dr. Freaks. Am I the only one who is concerned about the naked woman tied to a bed? Johnny A-bomb. I put out the trash. Joe Cosby. Softcore picture? You just said softcore picture. And Warhawk Tanzania. As Warhawk Tanzania. You do not come to my turf talking about busting ass. When it comes to cinema, <laughs> we talk the cream of the crop while scraping the bottom of the barrel. Find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Facebook, and of course on DailyGrindhouse.com. The Daily Grindhouse Podcast. Because you deserve it. Jim Kata. I hate Rush. <laughs> I really, I really do. All right. What? You hate Rush. You hate Canada. Fuck Canada. I mean Rush. Uh, Jim Kata, uh, 1985, directed by Robert Klaus. That's not how you Tom, would John you like to synopsize? The guy, the guy that did the synopsis, mm-hmm. I think even spelled Jonathan wrong. But anyway, Jonathan Cabot is a champion gymnast. In the tiny yet savage country of Parmistan, I guess that's where they make Parmesan <laughs> cheese, uh, there is a perfect spot for a Star Wars site. For the U.S. to get this site, they must compete in a brutal game. The government calls on Cabot, <laughs> the son of a former operative, to win the game. Cabot must combine his gymnastic skills of the West with the fighting secrets of the East and form... <laughs> so, the uh, this 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 movie is appropriately based on a novel named The Terrible Game. <laughs> oh, this is actually was based on a novel. Uh, yeah, uh, the, called The Terrible Game. 
Jesus. written by Dan Tyler Moore, Mary Tyler Moore's brother, I guess. He, uh, he also did he also did the story. Jesus, when the hell did he write this? Okay, he was the writer. He has two credits on IMDb. One was for Jim Cotta, the novel The Terrible Game. The other one, he did the story for a movie called Illegal Entry in 1949. Jesus. <laughs> so I don't know when Is he wrote porno? The Terrible Game. <laughs> 49 style. Illegal Entry. Who's an illegal... Howard Duff. Have you ever watched any of those movies Tori. called All Internal? Okay. Uh-uh. It's not, <laughs> it sounds intriguing, kind of. I've never heard of any of the people in it. Uh, illegal Entry is a former pilot goes undercover to help break up a smuggling ring. <laughs> <laughs> sounds better than this. What? What? No, come on. Jim Cotta, baby. <laughs> welcome back, Cotta. Um, welcome back, Cotta. So what was the what was the tagline for this? A new kind of martial arts combat: the skill of gymnastics, the kill of karate. The skill and the kill. Um, so this is starring um, that guy, uh, Kurt Thomas. Now, I don't know anything about Kurt Thomas. He happened a little before my time, but he was actually an Olympic oh, yeah. gymnast. I don't know if he won anything. Um, he but he competed in the late seventies. USA, um, USA. I don't know what his his like events were um you see him doing quite a few things he does and and uh, and oddly I'll, I'll mention this too this is the second gymnastics film we well here's the, the deal on the show he was um on the olympic team but the team didn't go to the olympics because of jimmy kata <laughs> When he boycotted oh, the Olympics. Jim so Kata. Jim Cotta oh. was actually formed because Jim Cotta, the president of the United States, boycotted the Olympics. <laughs> so I don't even like I don't even like gymnastics, so it's Some funny that we've done two nice gymnastics themes movies. But only I'm only yeah, saying yeah. that like uh on the news every once in a while, they'll have our like WVU, a college. They have college gymnastics. Uh-huh. Now, I'm not saying about these underage gymnast girls, but those college gymnasts, Jesus fucking oh, Christ, yeah. are they tight? And they have nice <laughs> butts too. <laughs> I like the. I like. Maybe I'm more of a. I'm more of a track and field yeah, fan with nice the pole vaulting too, girls and the high jump girls. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the. Um, but anyway, back to uh, back to <laughs> Kurt Thomas. I don't know what his events were, and honestly, I don't. I know the rings, but I don't know the names of any most of the, the shit they do. Um, they got the pommel horse. I do know that one. They got the one with the two, the parallel bars. Is that what they're called? Like no, two no, bars no, beside no, each the, other? The, uh, yeah, that's the uh, yeah par- Yeah, they have that. The dude. So the parallel bars, and then you got the one that's like a single bar you just swing around on, which I've always thought was really goofy. Um. I mean, the, I'm, I, I will say this. I'm impressed by the fact by the by the ability of these people and oh, the yeah. strength. Because to watch somebody like you know on the rings just like do the the the, the Jesus pose <laughs> and they're fucking hardly even shaking, is <laughs> I, where I can do like ten push ups and kill myself. I got out of my car yesterday and pulled a muscle in my nice. knee when I was getting out and I had trouble walking to the mailbox. Well, so Jesus would have been a good <laughs> gymnast. He would have. He would have had a lot of practice. He could hold that um, pose for a long time. Building those shoulders up. <laughs> um, the <laughs> on Easter. Jesus Christ! That's Happy Easter. Um, <laughs> but uh, I uh, I love the ominous music when it starts up, showing the bar him like swinging around and it's uh, simultaneously yeah, you start out with the going. Montage. Oh. 
what is that bar called? It's gonna drive me crazy because he uses it a couple times, but um, it's the single one where they yeah. just swing around oh. like a like a like a you know like when you see the orangutans swing around <laughs> like in, when they're having He's fun. He's kind of built like <laughs> Same an orangutan. Kind of thing. <laughs> little feathered hair, little puss. Stretching out God, his arms. Like yeah. that's a little um, so they 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 montage between that and the very ominous, dangerous sounding music, and uh, then this dude being chased through the forest and stuff by this very like dangly earringed Viking looking guy and a bunch of medieval Vikings. <laughs> I mean, not not Vikings, medieval uh, ninjas. Um, they're yelling something about a game, and the. Uh, I think Klaus must have found uh, a good way to make make arrows fly into people's torsos because it happens a shitload yeah. in this. And a couple of them look really bad. Uh, but the first one looks good because the dude's like three feet away from this cliff and the dude just shoots an arrow right into his gut <laughs> right in front of him. Um, I don't know how they did that one. That one looked good. But the rest of them look pretty terrible. I don't terrible. even know if they actually... Did they actually have rules to this game or did the rules just kind of change as they went along? There weren't really. Well, they they had they had rules. They yeah, had um. So the, well, this much, game. Though. We'll get we'll yeah. get to the game. The, game. the um. <laughs> so just like the uh, the uh, what was that guy's name? The Full House guy, Stamos. Just like the Stamos movie we did. He's a uh, he's a gymnast that is um recruited where not by the CIA, but I think it's by the SIA, <laughs> like the secret intelligence agency or something. Star um, Right. Wasn't that Stargrove? Was Stamos uh, Stargrove? Yeah, Stargrove. That, that was uh, that's the one. That's the one with Gene Simmons as the trainer. Yeah. Ragnarok. Yeah, which might be better than this. <laughs> um, uh, well, at least that one. At least that one had Vanity's tits in it. <laughs> this one didn't have any tits in it. Um, Richard Norton. I don't think that fucking. Kurt Thomas would have been interested in uh, if it would have had any tits in it, unless they were. I don't know. I'm just saying his love scenes. He seemed like he was ready to vomit <laughs> in his mouth when he had to kiss a girl. Maybe not. Maybe straight. Uh, I don't know. But it just didn't seem like what, he had a lot of. What was her name? Techi. Her name was Techi Agbayani. She wasn't bad. Uh, she, she was very cute. She had the flattest ass on earth. But she was very cute. <laughs> She wore a black jumpsuit once, and man, what a tabletop ass she had. <laughs> uh, there, no support in that suit whatsoever. She was not filling that thing out in the back. And her dad was de- obviously white. She's uh, probably <laughs> Vietnamese or something, and her dad is like this hairy white dude. <laughs> the king. Whatever his name was. Uh, she's um, Filipino. So, Filipino, there you go. Filipino, and his, and dad looks like he might be like uh, from Nebraska. Philadelphia. Yeah. Uh, so so Robert Klaus apparently likes these type stories of like the secret agent. And I swear, I've said this before, I think he must have just gotten lucky and struck gold with fucking uh uh Game of Death or whatever. The the one uh Bruce Lee one where he's the secret agent. I, I get that one confused with the other one he did. Um because we did another Robert Klaus movie too Dragon. with uh the the warrior, the ultimate oh, yeah, warrior. Yeah. Um, yeah, enter enter the dragon. Um, because I swear I don't think anything else that he's done even approaches enter the uh, enter the dragon at all. He did Game of Death, but, but that didn't was they say like, he was like a? Know, he, he, wasn't he like that. a stunt? Qu- 
coordinator or stunt man or something. I don't know. I don't Maybe. know. Whatever. But he he did Ironheart with Bolo. That was like his last movie, <sighs> and that wasn't very good. Force Five is really corny, but yeah, not, it's not very Force good. Five I mean, it's, it's it's worth seeing. Um, but yeah, Game of Death is pretty bad. Um, the Ultimate Warrior that we did, Golden Needles, is fucking awful. Battle Creek Brawl that's doesn't the, that have fucking uh, Abdul the Butcher in it? What does Battle Creek Brawl? It's not one of those had some wrestler in it. Whatever. But he seems, no, it has he seems to really hybrid. like the the he seems to really like the uh, shitty movie the, genre. <laughs> the the like almost like the secret agent and the guy like he has to be you no know, martial arts and it's uh, I, I don't know it's he does this he does this genre yeah a lot. they always and start this, out I mean, by saying based on a book. no no firearms are allowed because that just pretty much would kill the whole concept some guy come up and go, <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but um Jim Cotta the uh <laughs> So the game. Now we learn when uh, when when what is his name in the movie? I keep wanting to call him Kurt. Jonathan Cabot. Uh, Jonathan Cabot. When Jonathan is getting recruited, and I guess they come to his like crappy looking house because he's got it like you know regular generic generic looking old dining room furniture and stuff. Um, but uh, he uh, when he's getting recruited, they talk about having to go in the uh, to Parmistan, which is near the the Kush region of some mountain range, something or other. It's like this tiny little, it's don't fictional. Don't look for it on the map. Don't look for it. You'll never find it. Um, but uh, they need a satellite monitor the United States uh, in order to efficiently spy on Russia needs the, um, needs a satellite monitoring station in this perfect area in the mountains. But the only way foreigners are allowed into the country, which is really bizarre. You'd think that, I don't know. I think he explained why they couldn't do it military style, but I wasn't really listening already. <laughs> um, but he, <laughs> but basically you have to compete in this game and, and Jonathan's dad has already gone through the game, just like the John Stamos movie we did. Although this might've come before the Stamos movie. Um, what the hell was the name of that one? But um, <laughs> this, <laughs> do you remember? No. Um, but, uh, so dad has already gotten in and, and we learned that that was dad at the beginning that was getting shot with the arrow at the, at the rope, the ropes. And they do eventually explain this game. So it's a, it's an ancient thing. It's been going on for a thousand years or whatever. And the foreigners that come in have to basically run this long obstacle course. And I think if you added it up, they, cause they, the, the king explains the rules at one point, but it's like three legs. Uh, and it equals like 14, 15 miles or something like that. It's like a half marathon, but they have to go through woods and climb up fucking cliffs. Never too young. To All die. the while, never too young to die. Never. That's Lance Stargrove. Was yes, that was it. Because in the other one was the the other uh, teenage one we did with it. The other yeah, that's the one vanity. Movie, but he did. He, yeah. So um, the. So in this in this game you have at the same time the king's right hand man uh, Zamir played by Richard Norton um, who seemed to actually know some martial arts he was good now uh, Kurt Thomas didn't know shit for martial arts and it's blatantly obvious yeah. because anytime they can throw anything in that he can do gymnastics type stuff they just basically have him spin his feet around and do guys walk into his spinning feet <laughs> yeah um, but the uh, 
I just opened up Kurt Thomas again for whatever reason. But um, Zamir is the dangly earring guy that I talked about that wears, wears the, the furry vest the whole time. And um, his job with the medieval ninjas is to do like a most dangerous game type thing and keep these guys from finishing yeah, the game. And show his chest. And the rule... The, yeah, and definitely show his... He had a, he had a nice chest. He, he Good on him. He, he worked hard on that thing, so might as well show it off. The uh, There's three legs, and they did explain that... Well, you hear Zamir explain it once because one of his guys just cheats and like shoots an arrow into the back of a dude climbing up the cliff. But basically, when you reach a new stage of the race, the guys have to go somewhere. They can't just like keep climbing after you. It kind of resets. So when they get to the cliff, basically they have to like find another way to get you, not just chase you up the rope or cut the rope or whatever. Um, but they also, they just cheat every time. And uh, so princess Rubali. Now when they, when they recruit uh, Jonathan, they have one of the shittiest training sequences <laughs> ever. Uh, the, <laughs> it's pretty funny. They have this one guy for whatever reason has like a, a hunting hawk or an eagle. <laughs> I, I don't think they ever actually. Do they ever use the hawk? He just kind of sits nah, there. He, um, he uses those little like those little mini sides, which was kind of not sides. Is that what they're called? The little hook tonfas. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. Swinging those my around. That was pretty Kung cool. Fu magazine. Uh, well, thanks. Oh yeah, there was that one that we did a movie a long time ago with that one dude that the Hawaiian dude that has been in tons of movies and he was on the cover of one of those kung fu magazines swinging those things around. Um, but the it's like a sickle. You have you have the guy teaching him the hand to hand stuff that and you go of course you have to give him have him getting his ass kicked at first and falling down and being clumsy and then you have Princess Rubali who is from uh, Parmistan and is there to train him. I don't know what she trains him as. Um, you get this she ridiculous thing of him, him to teach him discipline. <laughs> Don't DTA stone cold style. Don't trust anybody. That's her. That's what she teaches him. So basically she just teases him constantly and constantly like brushes by his dick and then walks away and shuts the door. That's her and, job. And he's supposed to be <laughs> turned on, but I do not see it. I'm telling you, did you think that? I mean, it was just like nothing. He was like void of emotion for the puss. He, he, I tell you, the the fight with Zamir was very was very sweaty and heavy breathing though. So, Zamir, well, Richard Norton was a good looking guy. Um, he looks kind of like William Smith in some of his pictures on IMDb. <laughs> oh God, he was in City. He Hunter, was in some Chuck movies. Jackie he was in Chan. the Octagon and Forced Vengeance. And he, this guy knew some martial arts. It was obvious when they had their little show off, their showdown that he uh, he knew, he knew what he was doing. He was fast. He had some fast hands. He couldn't walk up steps um, on his fucking hands though. That, that was what <laughs> I was going to mention. I don't know how many times we got to look at. Now he's wearing like bikini briefs or something. But how many times we got to look at fucking uh, Kurt Kurt's balls yeah, as he's like doing that would have been funny if walk he wouldn't have any underwear on. Just <laughs> that would have like been awesome. Just whopping them. Bloop, bloop. Uh, um, the princess apparently is an expert at the game, even though she gets captured and held as soon as she gets to fucking Parmistan. She's completely worthless. If she's an expert at this 15 mile game where guys are trying to kill you, she's pretty much worthless once she gets there and she has a flat ass. Um, but the, uh, (laughs) the, the first thing that 
that really made me laugh out loud at how at how kind of silly it was. But I mean, the training sequence is funny. I don't know why I really laughed out loud when um, the guy's like testing him, and he says to Jonathan, "What town are you going to?" And he's like, "Carabal on the Caspian Sea." And then it shows the city, and we get a title on the bottom that actually says Carabal on the Caspian Sea. <laughs> yeah. Goal number it. one. Well, I just. That made me laugh so much that he said it, and immediately we see Carball on the Caspian Sea, and it labels it as such. Um, so when he first gets to Carball, which is the kind of the the gateway to Parmistan, Parmistan is pretty. Uh, while it is a a highly sought after location for spies, it is uh, it, they they don't really have a lot in the ways of <laughs> modern technology or comforts. Apparently, they still live as if as if it is. 1200 um but the uh you can only get there on horseback or via a river they don't have cars there anything like that um but they have to go through carabal and that's where you get the first action scenes of him like uh, these agents these counter agents trying to stop him from getting there because i don't know why they're just not i guess they do send their own agents in there as well but um you get these like chases through the street that go on way too long, and he does this move once. I don't know if you noticed this. Like he's fighting the guys, uh, so he's doing some like floor gymnastics types moves where he kind of just like spins around with his feet <laughs> flying in the air, and the guys just kind of wait on, in a circle for him to f- flip towards them, and then they like fly backwards once he gets close <clears> enough. <throat> but this one guy he knocks down is laying there on his back, and. He does this move where he, it looks like almost like a sunset flip type thing. He just flips over right on top of the dude and grabs his pants. It, did, it looked like a fuck up. It didn't look like anything. But then he, t- then he stands up and just drops an elbow he right in his face. Which was face. Good. <laughs> yeah. He's been running around these streets Let me in show you my Eastern balls. European city. I got his, he got my his sweaty Eastern European no shower yeah. balls. Um, the his balls uh, were probably wooden too, just like his acting. I, I laughed again. <laughs> I laughed again really hard when he shoots this one uh, double agent, and the dude just flies backwards through a glass door, which was a little much. It was not even a big gun, but I still laughed. Um, so then uh, he gets into Parmistan, does the game, and blah blah blah. And that's that's a that's the chunk of the movie is him kind of. Uh, figuring out who his friends and who his enemies are. There's a side story going on with, uh, with some, uh, guys trying to overthrow the, 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 I guess the monarchy. I don't know. Um, and, uh, princess worthless flat ass is <laughs> worthless, but, this um, <laughs> princess worthless flat ass. We get a, we get a great, Majesty. uh, we get a great chromey, Side demonstration, a la cunt smasher from Zamir at a dinner. <laughs> yeah, which I thought was because good. he saw fucking uh, Kurt making goo goo eyes at uh, Princess Flatass. Uh, <laughs> worthless worthless Flatass. Um, I forgot the name of the city. One leg of the race goes through this like it looks like a it looks like a Hammer film town, and all the residents apparently are zombies or at least act like they're just like they're all pale and 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 carry pitchforks and axes. There's a lot of axes in this movie. (laughs) That was the most pointless slow motion ever. They it's a chase scene in slow motion. There's no reason to have it. It showed how crazy Um, things were. It was a nightmare. And the 
It was. And the, the really random guy with the dummy face on the back of his head. <laughs> like that was supposed to, that was supposed to help him hide. <laughs> it didn't have the one dude that had the uh, monk uh, outfit on. And then when he turned around, the entire back was cut out and he was naked. That didn't help him hide. So, so random. So fucking weird. Oh my God. They were crazy. They were insane. That's why that's what it was. They, they were, were funny. Um, <laughs> One of the How about one of those that fucking old ugly chasing... woman that kept fucking trying to molest uh, Kurt Thomas that looked like Ernest Borgnine. Well, that was... He'd wake <laughs> yeah. up and she'd be like oh, rubbing he... his nuts and shit. He thought it was that hot, worthless <laughs> her... flat ass. That was her. She had black painted teeth Ugh. and shit. And then, well, the, there was this other old women in the in the horror town that were like pawing him and stuff. And he punches two of them right yeah. in the face. He's like, get away from me! I don't like women. <laughs> Ew. I don't like women touching me. Stop it. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> Cooties. Where's with the big chest? Um, <laughs> where's Zamir? Zamir, oh over here. <laughs> Let me see your size like, again. Zamir's like running away um, from him. He's like, you're supposed to be running from me. Oh, my God. There's some great dummy deaths in this one. There's two in a row at one point. Their fucking limbs are floppy before they even hit the ground. Um... Yeah, and we get the, uh, he's very lucky, I think. Um, Jonathan was very lucky that the place where they behead the behead criminals in this horror town where it happened to have two handles on it so he could do the pommel horse trick. <laughs> yeah, wasn't that awesome? And what that was fucking, that supposed to be? <laughs> was it like... I think it's where the, I think it, it must have been where you like would behead somebody. That's the only thing I could figure out why that would be there. I don't know. You think those handles would get in the way if you tried to cut That's, somebody's head off? Who maybe they the were just it? like, go out there maybe and work they just out. Like, yeah, maybe they just like to practice their pommel horse routine. <laughs> <laughs> and this fucking, uh, you know, he, it's perfect setup. And they do the thing again where they just stand in a circle and wait for him to spin in their direction. And I felt like that scene on went. went I felt like that scene went on for about ten minutes. That was pretty. Brutal. Been cool if it had more like uh, sound effects, like <laughs> something. You know, his whirling legs. Something. So, so what this ends up being? I mean, at times it does kind of feel like. Um, uh, Enter the Dragon, um, but then it has that kind of game of uh, most dangerous game type storyline too, where they're hunting somebody, and uh, it's just mostly shitty, but it's fun. Um, what did you think? Of it? it was really fucking awful. Um, yeah, it, I mean, from beginning to end, it was horrible. It was just like um, it was so bad that. Right. I mean, within probably, I would say, the first two minutes of the movie, I was kind of laughing, but just dreading what was to come because it was just so <laughs> fucking bad. Kurt, I mean, now, he, I, I know that when the Olympics, uh, you know, when he was training and he was on TV all the time and everything, um, you know, the girls thought he was cute and everything. He he just is kind of short and stubby. I mean, he's in good shape. He's not fat, but he's just kind of short and little bow-legged dude, and he's got this feathered fucking hair. He can't act for shit. I mean, and, you know, he was just awful. Oh. He, he was so wooden. There was no chemistry with him and the chick. And I don't think there was any chemistry with him and humanity because he was like a, a statue. <laughs> I mean, he was just such so such an awful actor that it was la it was like laughable 
everything that he fucking did. The only thing that this guy can probably do in life is fucking flip it and do flip his legs around. So pretty much Kurt Thomas is like a chimp that somebody shaved and left like <laughs> An a, orangutan, yeah, a feathered yeah. fucking hair on top of his head. <laughs> it was funny though. It is funny. It was fun. It, yeah, it's, it was, it's this is a good group movie. But definitely. I think that they were just trying to to uh, you know they said somebody had this idea. Hey, this guy's cute. Uh, he can do gymnastics. So th- this is a time a period of time where they would take anybody. And like I, I I've said this before about like uh, certain singers. If you had like one hit song, like Jim Stafford had this song, I don't like spiders and snakes, and that ain't what it takes to love me. And the next thing you know, he had a goddamn variety show. And they'd take somebody who had like just this small amount of (laughs) of skill at something and try and just put them in the entertainment business. And it was just awful. I mean, it was bad. So – so if anybody wanted to buy The Terrible Game, the book that this is based on, it was written in 1958, and you can buy a hardcover copy of it on Amazon for only $98. Yes. There's even a collectible version for $250. That's probably one so, of those uh, yep. fucking um, uh, scripts uh, or you know books that the, the studio bought, and it's, it's set on the shelf for like fucking, uh, you know... <laughs> I'm, Thirty years. Uh, judging by the cover, judging by the cover, I'm gonna say that the main character of Terrible Game did not know oh, gymnastics because yeah. he looks like he's riding a horse and swinging. Yeah, a sword, they just so. threw this dumb fucker in there, you know, just because he had a name and a face. But he was bad, and there's no. I mean, I, I, I mean, how the fuck this guy? I mean, the the fact that he was never in anything else is not surprising because he's a fucking turd of an actor. He sucked. Maxim List. He, he's the kind of actor that was like he's like a black hole. He sucks the life out of anything that he would be in. Ma- uh, Maxim lists this film as the seventeenth worst movie oh, of yeah. all time. Oh yeah, <laughs> fuck no doubt. The budget was eight and a half million dollars. Uh, I hope what? he didn't get any of it because he was fucking. What the hell? Who the? Where did that eight million dollars go? Jesus. I guess it probably cost about five hundred grand to to chrome up uh, Zamir's size. <laughs> His he has two gymnastic moves that were named after him: the Thomas Flare and the Thomas Salto. Big deal. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have to look at this list of the fifty worst movies of all time. Jesus. He he is heterosexual though. He married a woman. If you need a covert <laughs> operative, what, said, he, you say? he is heterosexual. He married a woman, so he just has no charisma. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's just it wasn't the, the fact that he was uh, gay per se that he had no chemistry with that woman, but he certainly, I mean, it was just awkward. It was like a guy that a had never touched operative. a woman in his life. And they put him <laughs> if you need a, a covert operative to work in a hostile environment that just happens to be littered with gymnastics equipment, Jonathan Cabot is your man. U.S. gymnast Kurt Thomas plays Cabot, who fights for America's right to build a missile base in tiny Parmistan. On the plus side, the cinematographer helps make diminutive Thomas look human sized. Jesus. <laughs> wonder how tall he was. Started anyway, a uh, show get... called True Confessions. There you go. See, let's get, let's rate it. Um, he what? did something else. He starred in True Confessions. That is. Yeah, I bet it was. I bet that was great. With uh, Shannon Tweed. 
He would. He definitely would Wait, know what talking, to do with her fucking big ass titties. You talking about Kurt yeah. Thomas? He was in. He was in the movie called Slam in two thousand three, but that was great. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. All it's right, uh, gold we get, medals, uh, world championship, gold medal in seventy eight, seventy nine, uh, American Cup. He won three gold medals, or uh, well, yeah, yeah, three. So I mean. We get into our ratings here. I give it a um, fucking two, one point seven. But you, but you enjoyed it though. I didn't enjoy it that you're much. Giving it a, you're giving it a one point seven five. I give it a seven. I thought it was fun <laughs> talking about it lot. with you than it was fucking watching it. I I'm excited to watch this with a group God, of people at some point. I think horrible. it'll be fun. <laughs> so a seven. At a 1.75, that might be your lowest score ever besides um, the uh, the David Arquette wrestling Yeah, I started movie. to give it a 2, um, but I fucking even dropped down because I just, I mean, it was just fucking, uh, I, I mean. Uh. <laughs> All right, let's take a break, come back and do a little bit of feed sack and wrap it up because Zom's got to go to work. We'll be right back. Hey, all you podcast listeners, here's an update. See here. We know some of that bad brown acid has been going around, but we've got an alternative. See here. Have these headphones here. Throw them on. See here. Movies for your mind. See here. See here podcast. We discuss music-related films once a month. Find us on iTunes or at seehere, that's S-E-E-H-E-A-R, dot podbean, dot com. Just relax, listen, and float downstream. See here. We don't have a lot, which is probably good. Uh, let's turn that down. The Descendants. All right. Flipping over to the sack and the email. I need to wash my sack. I'm in the shower today. I stink. All right. First feed sack. Hey, hey, you guys, you know, Zom was talking about Expendables 2 again, how much he didn't like it. <laughs> Once again, I can imagine when he fucking rewatched Expendables 2 and he loved it, you know, he seems to have forgotten that fact, you know. <laughs> Zom, just remember, you love Expendables 2, you know. You saw my muscles and you couldn't fucking stop yourself from just loving that movie, it, you know. How can I blame you? You know, it's the greatest action movie of all time, mm-hmm. you know? And that fucking brings me out to fucking some 
Good news for all my fans oh, out there, news. you know? Expendables free. The greatest action movie of all time is going to be out this fucking August, you know? And we just released a bunch of fucking movie posters featuring all the fucking cast of this fucking movie, you know? It's great. I'm all there. I got a big cigar, you know? It's fucking great <laughs> shit, you nice. know? Now I know... When I fucking posted these online, fucking Metal Michael, he was like, Sly, what's going on? You got no facial hair. Yeah, that's right. You know, at first when I had, like, a fucking goatee beard or a mustache and shit, you know, fucking, it's just the evolution of my character, you know, Barney Ross, you know? He's fucking evolving, you know? <laughs> he fucking started out, he's got facial hair. By the third movie, he fucking has no facial hair, you know? That's how it fucking happens, you know? That's the kind of fucking creativity I put into my movies, you know? I'm always thinking, how does this guy look? What do you think about? How big are his muscles? You know? All that shit, you know? So yeah, check out those posters. Get fucking pumped. Get excited. Book your tickets now. August is fucking coming, you know? Greatest action movie of all time. Expendables free. You know? Silver and gold. They're gonna fucking love it. All you guys listening, fucking... Do a big shit. You'll be so excited. When you <laughs> You'll do movie. a big shit. Zom <laughs> just did a big shit. Uh, so there was a funny, funny thing in um, in Last Action Hero when uh, the kid takes him into a video store to show him Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, and uh, he's like, "Look!" And there's the Terminator Two stand up and this fucking Stallone as Terminator yeah. Two. <laughs> that would have been and different. Yes, I want to talk about how great it was. He's like, oh, yeah, he's great. Or, sorry, John talked about how great Not it was. Now the pals. All right. Uh, Good friends. One, uh, one uh. more feed sack here. Hey, guys, this is Bernie Sticky, your, Sticky. Uh, your friend, your pal from across the water. Sticky. Uh, how you all doing? Oh, I'm doing good. Uh, how are you? You're both doing well. Uh, sorry, I haven't called in for a while. I've been... Uh, been a little backed up with the podcasts. I'm um, me too. I'm gradually uh, working my way up to date. Uh, I've been a bit busier with uh, work and various other things, and you know, like you want to watch movies and listen to music and read and stuff, as well as listen to podcasts. You want to have a life, you know. So um, uh-huh. uh, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm catching up. I just <laughs> listened to the uh, the Harold Ramis 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 uh, episode, which was uh, which was good. I like that. Uh, I saw Ghostbusters at the cinema when I was like 14, 13, 14, I don't know, I was young. And uh, people were going fucking ape shit. They were going so mad in the <laughs> cinema when uh, the credits started rolling. The projectionist actually stopped the film uh, and uh, some uh, like usher guy came down to the front of the screen uh, and said, oh, you've all got to calm down, I won't show the film unless you <laughs> calm down. And they were like, fuck you man, Ghostbusters! <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's good. I like that. That's uh, that's classic. Love me some Ghostbusters. Uh, so yeah, just listen to that one. Uh, I'm I'm doing some housework at the moment. I'm just taking a break. Call you guys up, um, and then I'm going to listen to the. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with that. That's next on my uh, my list. Still think Part I should have done um, lesbian cops, but uh, you know what the fuck do I know? I guess there's plenty of time. I buddy. guess my opinion is not important. Anyway, you know, uh, you're always moaning about how people just ring up and talk shit. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe if he sent in a, a karaoke, we would listen to yeah. him more. 
so I thought I'd uh, I'd call you up and tell you about a few films I've seen okay. recently. Yeah. Because uh, uh, apparently your show is about films, so someone told me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, my, my wife and I joined uh, our... Uh, basically, we've got a little independent cinema near us, uh, and you can sort of become a member. You pay a fee every year, and then um, you get, like, free tickets for preview screenings and... Um, you know, various other deals and discount and things like that. Things like that. Um, so we joined a little while ago, um, about a month ago, I guess. And uh, the last uh, three weeks, um, we managed to get free tickets uh, for some preview screenings of um, upcoming movies. Um, so uh, a couple of weeks ago, we saw uh, Calvary. Uh, which is uh, the latest movie uh, by the guys that made uh, The Guard. Um, this one stars Brendan Gleeson as well. The Guard's um, pretty good. Yeah, I like he's that. a priest in a, uh, a sort of southern Irish town. Um, and it opens with him in the confessional booth, and the guy he's taking the confession for uh, tells him he's going to kill him, and uh, he's got a week to live. Uh, you know, put your house in order, and then I'm going to kill you. Um, and to be honest, I don't really want to say any more than that because um, I don't want to give anything away. I don't want to spoil it because it, it was a fantastic film. It was very, very good. Brendan Gleeson was fucking excellent. A uh, really great cast of uh, sort of Irish character actors and a few people uh, y- you would recognise. Uh, the dude who played uh, Mayor Carcetti uh, in The Wire. Can't remember his name. Uh, but he crops up scumbag. as this kind of arrogant uh, <laughs> doctor kung fu guy, which is uh, pretty surreal. Um, and yeah, a few other faces in there. Um, but it, it was good. It was funny. Um, it was very, very dark. Uh, and it was quite emotionally uh, affecting uh, as well. It was, it was very good. I totally recommend seeing that one. Calvary. Um, I don't know. Might even already be out in the States. Might even be on Netflix. Who fucking knows? Um, then the following week, uh, we saw, uh, We Are The Best, uh, which is the latest film from, uh, Lukas Moodyson, the Swedish guy who made, um, is it Together, uh, Lilia Forever and a whole bunch of other things. Um, but anyway, this one is about a group of, uh, three 13-year-old girls who decide to, uh, form a punk band, um, in 1982 in Sweden. Um, and this was an, a whole lot of fun as well. Very, very enjoyable. Uh, very naturalistic, which I think is a, a trademark of his films, you know. A lot of it felt almost improvised. Really wonderful natural performances uh, from all three of the girls. Um, some great other uh, sort of characters in there. One of the girls' parents, uh, in particular, a, a kind of a bald father guy who uh, walks around in his underpants playing the uh, oboe. <laughs> Um, he's really funny, he's awesome Um, there's a couple of real great doofus guys who uh, run the local youth club uh, where the punk band practice and they're real kind of like 70s rocker types uh, and they're big fans of this other uh, band that practice there this teenage metal band called Iron Fist Um, they've all got like the bum fluff moustaches and like denim and stuff Um, so yeah, it was a lot of film Uh, a lot of film, it was a lot of film it was about an hour and 40 minutes, it's quite a lot (laughs) Uh, But it was a lot of fun. Um, Very, very enjoyable. I think this one might actually be on Netflix in the States already. Um, So I totally recommend uh, picking picking this one up or watching it even. 
Um, it, it really, you know, a lot of that sort of stuff you go through at 13, it really, really, uh, really came through uh, in the movie really well, really uh, resonated with me. You know, that kind of you fancy someone and they don't fancy you and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> really nicely cool. done. Great film. It's very, very good. <laughs> uh, then saw uh, The Double, which is the new film from uh, Richard Ayoday. Probably pronounced that wrong. Who's the dude uh, who directed Submarine? He's also That's the good. guy who played uh, Moss in the IT crowd. He was rumored to be um, Doctor Who at one point. This didn't really do it for me. It's been getting good reviews uh, from a technical standpoint. Faultless, very very good, but um, just didn't connect with me for some reason. Jesse Eisenberg uh, is the main character. It's actually um, an adaption of the uh, Dostoevsky story. Um, and uh, yeah, Jesse Eisenberg works hmm. in this very sort of Brazil-like Brazil the movie. I mean. Uh, it's sort of corporate type place, very uh, Brazil, very uh, the trial, very um, razor heady in a way as well. Uh, and uh, this guy turns up who is his absolute double and starts getting all the uh, attention and plaudits nice. that uh, he's not getting, and uh, things progress from there. So, uh, as I say, uh, beautiful to look at, fantastic soundtrack. Uh, everyone acquits himself uh you know really well it's i don't know what it was it just it didn't connect with me it didn't do it for me for some reason uh interesting i don't know watch it see what you think make up your own mind why am i doing all this fucking work for you <laughs> um and today on the way home from uh, work i just picked up some tickets for a preview uh this coming sunday of uh, a new movie called lock featuring tom hardy in a car for Ooh, 90 yeah. minutes driving down the motorway um mm. looks pretty interesting pretty good uh he's got a funny voice in the trailer so um you know it's <laughs> tom hardy uh so uh yeah looking forward to that and um i guess that's about it really taking up enough of your time it's almost eight minutes fucking hell this is uh giving justin a run for his money uh, okay, anyway, uh, silver and gold forever. Love you guys. Keep up the good work. Um, that's about it, really. Take care. See you soon. I won't see you. Maybe speak to you soon. <laughs> Might see you one day. Who knows? Okay, goodbye. <laughs> Bye. Um, I wonder if he liked Submarine. Did you see yes, Submarine? Yes, I liked it. It's on Netflix Instant. Ooh, I should go. Re I should revisit that. The double looks interesting. It's got Mia Wasikowska, whatever her name is, and Patty Con Con Considine is in it. He's good. Looks interesting. Mm -hmm. Le double. Um, yeah, I've been reading a lot more comics and shit, and watching rat wrestling lately. So uh, it sounded like I watched a lot of movies, but I really have been. I've been. I started reading. I started going back and reading Valiant comics. Yeah. Uh, I found. I found a. Uh, I found a list like the Valiant Reading Order, so they kind of give a suggestion of what books you can, what's what issue. Which you can issue order has the one where the hooker stands over the coffee table and shits on Jimmy Valiant? <laughs> on the coffee table, <laughs> not on Jimmy Valiant. It's under handsome Jimmy. Jim Cornette does an amazing uh, Jimmy Valiant impersonation. <laughs> um. So, yeah, that's it for Feedsack. Thank you, uh, Bernie, for that one. That was good. Um, so next week on Zishu, uh, I guess you could, oh you can always send us Feedsack to 206-339-1600. 
or silvagoldpodcast at gmail.com. Um, next week on the show, we are doing uh, a couple baseball movies. We did this last year when baseball started. We're going to do it this year, and the Red Sox are losing again to the Orioles tonight. Um, we're going to do uh, Major League from 1989. I'm excited about that one. Seen that one a lot. And then one I haven't seen that Zom liked, uh, not quite a baseball movie, but has baseball players, The Battery, a zombie ba- baseball New England movie from 2012. Yep, The Battery. Uh, so haven't seen that one. Looks interesting. So we'll cover those two, Major League and The Battery. Um, let's see. I already did the feedback thing. Thanks to everybody that called in. Uh, maybe join our Facebook group. Maybe I'll post on there again someday. And um, find us on iTunes and uh, find us on Stitcher Radio, if that's your thing. and uh, Or find us on our website, uh, silvaandgold.com. Um, so we are still doing the karaoke. Um, haven't gotten a ton, so we'll see if it, anything happens. Uh, <laughs> dead or alive, Bon Jovi, send us something, even if you hate it. If you hate it, it might even make it better. Nah, no way. Next karaoke, we're just going to have everybody pick whatever their favorite song is, and and <laughs> and uh, and and go to a, a reserve recording studio space and get a, a fucking uh, band and a fucking orchestra and and it's fucking karaoke, people. Jesus fucking Christ! Just have some fun. All right. Until next we're time. Done. I'll keep the goddamn is, fucking. We're thing. done. Uh, what? Whatever. Yeah. Richie Sambor. Yeah. Until next time. The Richie Sambor. This is. <laughs> this is. Uh, yeah, he's he's in hard times these days. He's, he's fucking fat. Yeah, is Heather Locklear fat? Are they still married? Until next time. This is a loaf. Bye.